Welcome to the Heart Pyre. This is the beginning of Season 2, Episode 18, Scattered Lives. Logan, wake up! Logan had collapsed on the forest floor, his face buried in the mud and underbrush. Rina slowly knelt down next to him, a trembling hand reaching out to touch his forehead. He didn't react at all, even when she pushed his shoulder. With great effort, she pushed him over onto his back, his head dangling to the side. His face was covered in blood and his hair caked in mud. Rina positioned his head onto her lap, stabilizing it so she could wipe the hair out of his face. Please. With the inside of her wrist, she wiped tears from her own cheeks. Blood was smeared over the right side of Logan's face, throat and down the front of his shirt. Rina unfurled his blood-soaked scarf and pulled at the shirt until Logan's chest was uncovered. A white gash ran above his ribcage, blood dripping onto the forest floor. It didn't look deep, like a sword had barely grazed him, but if she didn't stop the bleeding soon and get the wound cleaned, Logan might still die. It's going to be fine. I'll get you home safe. You don't have to worry about anything at all. Just leave it up to me. Rina looked around, wondering what she could do. She would need to find help. But she couldn't just leave Logan lying unconscious in the middle of the forest. At the very least, she had to get him to the road. She knew she wouldn't be able to drag him all the way back to Halvind, but she hoped she might stumble upon Asha or Kalani or Roderick or anyone else that might help her. On the other hand, she might also bump into the guards who had been chasing them. But what other choice did she have? If she simply left Logan and ran to Halvind, she might never find her way back to him. Or worse, if she got captured, no one would ever know that he was waiting here for her. She would simply have to take the risk of dragging him back. I'll take you to Halvind. I think I'll have to drag you over the floor. Don't think that will be comfortable for you. I'm really sorry for that. And I'll probably rip your clothes on the way. You're just too heavy for me to pick you up. But it will be fine. We'll get to clean your wounds real soon. And then you can rest. Maybe even in a soft bed. Rina tied Logan's once light brown scarf around his waist as best as she could, hoping it would stop the bleeding long enough to get him to safety. She gently moved Logan's head from her lap, got up and picked up Maya's dress to tie around her shoulders. She leaned down and grabbed Logan under the armpits. <laughs> oh, stars! Sorry, Logan. Okay. Let's try again. Wait. Rena dropped into a crouch, making herself as small as possible. Her eyes grew wide as they scanned the forest around them. Rena shot up, her body recognizing the voice before she could really register who it might be. Asha? Rena? Asha emerged from the trees, covered in mud, her clothes disheveled, but despite the large rib in her blue tunic, she mostly looked unharmed. Are you hurt? No, no, I'm okay, but, but Logan needs help. I don't know what happened. He stumbled towards me and before he could say anything, he just collapsed. I've been trying to get him back to the road, but he's just too heavy for me. I need him awake. The guards caught the others. We need to go after them. I don't think that's a good idea. Asha knelt down next to Logan, opened one of his eyes to look at it, 
then laid her ear to his chest. She straightened again, looking down at Logan while running a hand over her scalp. Maybe, maybe if we hurry, we can get him to safety and you'll still be able to catch up to the others. No, they'd be long gone. We need to get him to Halvin first. We'll figure the rest out later. She stood back up and got under Logan's shoulder. Get the other arm. Do you think the others will be okay? I really hope so. We'll have to talk to Ocassian. They'll know how to proceed. Won't be happy to hear that they caught Kalani, though. A tightness was starting to grip around Rina's chest, making it hard to breathe. The thought of Roderick and Kalani being imprisoned, or worse, because of her, because she dragged them into this mess, clawed its way into her mind, taking over her whole body, and pulled itself into her stomach. They didn't even know where Finn was. He might be dead because of her. And what about Vincent? The guards wouldn't be as careful with a dog as they might be with a human. Something horrible could have happened to him. She shook her head. There was no sense in thinking such dark thoughts. They could discuss what might have happened to the others and how to proceed once they were safe. Once Logan was safe. By the time they had arrived in Halvind, Rina's feet ached and she had lost the feeling in her arms and fingers, the weight of Logan's body still lingering on her shoulders. A headache had nestled itself behind her eyes, making her vision blurry, and she had insisted they remain in the safety of the trees and shouldn't step onto the road for fear the guards were still waiting for them. They arrived back at Darion's inn without any incidents, but without stumbling upon Kalani and Roderick either. They were promptly shooed into one of the rooms, away from any prying eyes. Put him on the bed. Move, let me get to him. Bring the wash basin closer. A short woman, barely reaching Rina's hips, with thick brown hair tied into a braid with silver jewelry laced into it, burst into the room. In one hand, she held both a stepping stool and a bundle of rags, with a bowl of whitish-green paste in the other. Rina recognized her from her previous visits as Darian's wife, Valentina. She placed the stool next to the bed, allowing for a better look at Logan's wounds. As I hurried to bring the empty wash basin closer, pouring the pitcher of fresh water into the basin, a splash of water landing on the floor instead of where it could be useful. Rina stepped out of the way to the other side of the bed. Without hindering Valentina's efforts, she unwrapped Logan's scarf from his waist and pulled the remainder of his shirt over his head and let both garments fall to the ground. The wound doesn't look too deep. It should heal as long as it doesn't get infected. <sighs> Thank the stars. Valentina dunked one of the rags in the water before cleaning up the blood. With a different rag, she picked up some of the paste and smeared it generously on Logan's wound. We need to monitor the wound. Ow. Shit. Logan? What? You're awake. Rina, where am I? We're back in heaven. Don't worry, we're safe now. You'll be better in no time. You're okay, right? Where are the others? Ah, oh, fuck. What's going on? Hash, it's just an aloe vera paste. It's going to help your wound heal. Thank you, kind soul, whoever you are. That's my wife, so keep your hands to yourself. Yes, 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 I'm just going to... Logan's head slapped unceremoniously to the side again. Rina ran a hand over his head, brushing the hair back so it wouldn't cover his face. You'll be fine. While Valentina placed one of the clean rags over the paste on the wound, 
Asher wiped the remains of the blood away from Logan's chest. There was too much of it for it to all be his own. I'm going to see if I can find a shirt that fits him. Valentina stepped down from the stool and picked up the basin, the water now crimson. She placed the dirty rags inside of it and left the clean ones at the foot of the bed. After Valentina had left, the room remained silent as the others observed Logan's sleeping body. Darren had crossed his arms and was standing at the foot of the bed, his jaw clenching and unclenching, as if he were deep in thought. So, is anyone gonna tell me what happened? Rina glanced over at Darian, then to Asha, unsure of how much they should say. It's a long story. Darian deserved more than that. They trusted him enough for shelter and help. They could easily tell him the entire story. Besides, he knew almost everything about the investigation anyway. We we found where the strangers are staying. The, the ones that you told us about yesterday. We're pretty sure now that they're the ones who set fire to Ocean's Throw. Or at least they're part of the organization that did it. They've also taken Maya. I don't know where though, but we have a lead. We tried to confront the strangers about it. Didn't go too well. But we were on our way to Beidan, because that's where they might be keeping Maya. But we didn't get very far. A handful of guards attacked us. Looked like they were working with the strangers. Which guards? Didn't recognize them. I don't think they were from around here. Shit. I'll have to talk to Devin. Is that safe? What if he leads the others back to us? Don't worry, we can trust him. Rina glanced over at Asha, waiting for her to challenge Darren's statement, but she stayed quiet. Okay. I'm going back to Ranka tonight to get Ocasin. We'll need their help. I don't know what's going on around here, but it's bigger than what we could handle on our own. Where's the rest of your group? We don't know. We haven't seen Finn since this morning, and we got separated from Roderick and Kalani when the guards attacked. If the guards caught them, Devon might have heard something about that. I'll tell Ocasian to listen to the whispers. Maybe they were seen somewhere. As for Finn, I don't think we'll see him again. At least not on our side of the story. Rina glanced at Asha again, the eyes meeting and holding for a while. She didn't want to mistrust Finn without any real evidence, but maybe Asha was right to have her doubts about him. He had either been caught by the guards, or had abandoned them, or he might even be the one who ordered the attack, even if that didn't truly make sense to Rina. As soon as Logan's better, we'll have to set you up somewhere safer. If the guards come looking for you, you'll be too easy to find. Too many people know that you've stayed here in the past. We'll be safe as in Ranker until Logan's fully healed. Let's hope he'll be able to walk on his own by morning. Rina stood inside the church, surrounded by children cowering underneath their school desks. She was holding Maya's hand, gripping her tightly so she couldn't lose her again. Heat kept her from breathing as the walls pulsed bright white, yellow and red. She turned, noticing that her brother Valerio was now holding her hand, staring at her without blinking. Rina looked around in confusion, trying to figure out where Maya had gotten to, but she was nowhere to be found. Instead, she saw that triangles were slowly etching themselves into the walls, intertwining, a line running between them and connecting them all. It's... it's going to be fine. We just... we just need to find a way out of here. In order of Captain Silek and the Royal Council, I command that you vacate the premises immediately. Rina turned round and round, searching for a way out, but the light hurt her eyes too much. Fire had engulfed the furniture around her. The only things remaining were the desks the children were hiding under. 
Lino, her youngest brother, was now holding her hand, silently crying as he stared at the door. We'll find a way out. They won't get to us, don't worry. I'll keep you safe. She was in bed, close clinging to her body, her heart pounding in her ears. With wide eyes, she stared at the wooden ceiling until her breathing had calmed. It had only been a dream. She wasn't in any danger. She was safe in Darren's Inn, or at least, as safe as she could be. She pushed herself upright and placed her forehead against her knees. Her hand wandered down to the leaf-shaped pendant around her neck, her fingers grazing the scar underneath she had gotten a week prior. She closed her eyes and listened to Logan's calm breaths in the bed next to hers. Her tongue still lay heavy in her mouth, a bad taste assaulting it. She slowly opened her eyes again and looked towards Logan, who seemed to have barely moved during the night. Rina slipped out of bed to head over to him, but as she stood, dizziness flooded her senses and she stumbled back down. She took a handful of deep breaths and steadied herself before trying a second time. Good morning, Logan. How are you doing? I hope you don't mind if I take a look at your wounds. We should... We should probably wash it out and get you new bandages. Doesn't look too bad. I don't think it's infested. Best to put some new paste on, though. If Valentina still has some. She pulled the blanket back over Logan, but avoided setting it on his wound. She turned around to head to the wash basin, but they had never brought a new one back in after Valentina had taken the dirty water with her. She would have to find Darian and ask him for some fresh water. Before she could head out the room, her eyes caught on Maya's dress she had folded and set on a chair the night before. She stopped, staring at it for a while before she carefully walked over and, with trembling hands, slowly touched the fabric. She lifted it up to her nose and took a deep breath before burying her face in it. She knew the dress couldn't smell of their bakery anymore, but if she closed her eyes, she could believe that she did smell the fresh bread. Something small fell out. Rina stepped back, searching the floor until her eyes landed on a dented golden ring with a green gem in it. She recognized it. It was her grandmother's old ring that Maya had tried to polish and keep as her own. She bent down, stopping just before her fingers could touch the ring. Maybe it was an illusion. Maybe she was still in her dream. What if the ring disappeared once she touched it? Would it break her? She pushed her hand forward forcing it through the air as if through thick mud until her fingers grazed the cold metal. It didn't disappear. She picked it up and stood upright again, holding it in the palm of her hand, its weight feeling more real than the room she was standing in, as if it would fall through her flesh and onto the floor at any moment. She closed her hand tightly around it, afraid she might drop it. She could feel her throat tightening, her eyes burning, the tears welling up and slowly rolling down her cheeks. She took a few steps until her back hit the wall beside Logan's bed and let her body slide down. She pulled her legs close and buried her face in her sister's dress. She wanted her back, wanted to hold her, to run a hand over her hair and kiss her cheek and laugh with her and scold her and talk until the small hours of the morning. It hurts so much. The memories and the longing and the uncertainty and the hope that maybe, just maybe, she was still alive and Rina could see her again. If she couldn't ever see her parents or her brothers or her uncle and aunt ever again, at least she might be able to see Maya again. If only her luck held steady, if only the universe willed it so, 
She would never wish for anything else for the rest of her life. Logan? Rina brushed the tears from her cheeks with the back of her hand. Yeah. How are you feeling? He raised a hand into the air and waved it around before letting it fall down to the bed again. Yeah. Everything hurts. I uh, I could ask Valentina if she has anything that could make the pain bearable. Like a whole bottle of wine. A really deep red one from up north. I don't I don't think that would be wise. I never claim to be a wise man. Rina looked out over the room, her eyes idly fixed on the door in front of her. The quicker she got up, the quicker Logan would feel better, but she just couldn't get herself to move. She was too tired. The dress and the ring felt too heavy, like they were keeping her in place. How are you? I'm okay. Where are you? You're both awake. Good. Cassian is waiting for you. Asha stepped into the room, fully dressed with her sword in its scabbard at her side, as if she'd already been awake and active for a couple of hours. She stopped when she saw Rina and frowned down at her. Rina instinctively rubbed at her eyes again to get rid of the last remaining tears, the ring still digging into her closed fist, and forced a smile onto her lips. Asha's frown softened as she shot Rina back a small smile. Mm, oh, no, 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 bad idea. Logan lowered himself back down, admitting that his plan to get up had been terrible, and draped both arms over his eyes. Don't force it. Yeah, yeah. Asha stepped closer, unbuckled her scabbard, and placed it on Logan's bed next to his legs. She headed to Rena and sat down next to her. How are you holding up? Rena kept smiling, ready to say she was doing fine again, but the moment passed without any words escaping her lips, and slowly her smile faded. She looked down at her sister's dress in her lap, then opened her hand to reveal the ring. Her palm pale white made her dug into her flesh. It fell out of Maya's dress. Did the crow leave it in there? Rina shook her head calmly. Um, it, uh, it used to belong to my grandmother, but Maya wanted to keep it for herself. I'll need to take care of it until I can give it back. You see these arm guards? They used to belong to one of my brothers. He died a few years ago. When we were still back home. You you have brothers? Had, mostly. I'm truly sorry. You must miss them terribly. And it never gets easier. You can only accept that your life is different now and there's no going back. I spent months after his death bargaining and trying to figure out all the possibilities how he could still be alive. But it was all just a waste of time. Harsh. What I'm trying to say is, because those months were agony for me. Even now I still catch myself thinking that he might be out there somewhere. And I know that he isn't. He died that day and I have to live with that knowledge. There's nothing to be done about it. I don't want you to go through the same pain. But I know that you found your sister's dress. And I'm not telling you to abandon your quest. But we have to acknowledge the fact that this might not be the definite proof you're hoping for. It's strange that they would keep her dress. I'll give you that. But I need you to tell me that you know that finding this dress might not mean what you think it means. That 
she might still be gone. There's better ways to say that. Stay out of this. Asha kept her eyes on Rena, dark and piercing, full of sorrow and desperation. Something Rena had never seen on Asha's face before. I know. Good. You know I'm not saying this to be harsh. Clinging to the idea that she has to be alive to the point where you disregard any other possibilities will only lead to sorrows. Yeah, I know. If she is still alive, we will find her. I can promise you that. But there will be a time where we might have to give up our search. Well, 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 if it isn't the fuckers who lost my wife. Logan, lovely to see that you got what you deserved. Rena, darling, I extend my deepest condolences to you and vow to help you in any way that I can. But mm, now to the important questions. How exactly are you planning to get Kalani back to me? If you're a fan of immersive audio fiction, you won't want to miss out on these shows from Pakal Media. The Madness of Chartrullian. All this world except my vision of the future. Or is all of this a mistake? The Nebulous Saga. You killed my family. They killed mine. And for ten years I've been making the Alliance pay. Tales for Howling at the Full Moon. It is not my worth that brings me here. <sighs> It is my calling. Another day, another chosen one. To learn more about our shows and find out how to support independent creators, visit packhowlmedia.com. Three paths lay in front of us on which the story could continue. On the first path, Rena, Asha and Logan tried to find a way to rescue the rest of the companions right away. On the second path, they go back to the city of Ranker to gather more resources and more information before finalizing their plan. On the third path, they trust their companions to get out of their predicament on their own and continue on to Baydan to intercept the remaining members of the Crow. You can cast your vote by going to the show's Twitter page, the Tumblr page, or on thehardpire.com. Listeners now have two weeks to vote for how the next episode plays out, so the deadline this time is Thursday, October 12th. I also wanted to mention that if you are listening to the episode the week it releases, the novelization of Season 1, A Searing Faith, will be on sale until October 5th. You can get the ebook for 99 cents on most retailers, and the paperback is available for 8 99 on Amazon. If you like this podcast, consider leaving a review or supporting it on Ko-fi or Patreon. One of the tiers on Patreon lets you vote for the alternative timeline, in which you can make Rina take a different path. You can find transcripts for each episode, character art, and a map of the kingdom on thehardpire.com. The intro music is Lonely Dusty Trail by John Preston. The Hardpire is written and produced by me, Audrey Marta. Thank you for listening.